you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family... Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fantasy Freaks and Geeks, what's up? You're listening to the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. I'm your host, James Coe, joined alongside by the Whisk Kid from Wisconsin. What's up, kid? Oh, it's just a wonderful Friday. A wonderful Friday. You're feeling up. I see that you don't have the hat on today, so that's good. Yeah, why not? Right, so, he, so he has not officially given up on life, folks. So that's good. Uh, MG, my guy, Marcus Grant, what's going on? Man, it is hot. Oh, my God. It's hot. <laughs> it's like 90 degrees as hell in Los Angeles in late October. Yep, and if you're listening to us from across the pond, neener, neener, neener. <laughs> uh, there you go. Uh, we also got West Virginia's finest, the creator of Reception Perception himself, Matthew Harmon. What's going on, pal? Hi, James. I just noticed uh, as I'm scrolling across my timeline, I see that uh, football guys put out an ad for beta testers for their app, and they have a picture of me photoshopped on like a military like recruiter looking thing. <laughs> I don't like wow. I just I just saw that and like I didn't I'm not it was from like 10 hours ago and like I'm not even tagged no, in or anything. No, I'm like No, because that picture's old. I've seen that picture before. Yeah, it's an older picture. Oh, okay. But I'm like you think they give you a heads up on it? Though, I was right? like, yeah, I thought they would have they would have at least mentioned it, but I mean, I know who runs that account and I'm not okay. surprised that they did that to All me, right. so. Fair. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> uh, we got a big time show in front of us here today. We're going to get to Thursday night football. Talk about Jordy Nelson and Aaron Rodgers and all those guys in Packers and and all the Alshon Jeffries of the world as well. We've got franchises fiery phone in. We've got deep sleepers for you this week, as we do every week. And we're going to introduce a brand new segment. Well, we'll get to it. It's a reboot of a segment. Hey, it's, it's Hollywood, man. We are in Hollywood. So <laughs> Hollywood, everything course. reboots. Exactly. Reboots and uh, remakes. Exactly. And uh, we will get to EDG every damn game right here on the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. Um, all right, well, let's get the uh, the show going with our top news. The camera highlights in the world of sports. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. The whistles go. I like turtles. We continue to follow breaking news. Don't watch the news because I'm a kid. So y'all need to hide your kids, hide your wife. Okay, so full disclosure here, I don't have the news in front of me. I'm well. gonna I'm gonna rely on you folks uh, in the room here to help me out. And the reason being is that uh, there was a massive 
hack on a server, and I can't get Twitter on my computer. I cannot get Twitter on my computer. And then when I Google this information, it's one day old. That doesn't help anybody. I'm ready. I'm ready with it. You right. you say the name, and I've got it. All right. Here we go. Carlos Hyde. I think he's out. He's got uh, his arm in a sling. He's got a shoulder issue. Uh, last week in week six, he left the game due to his shoulder, came back, but then left again. It is Mike Davis who is expected to get the bulk of the carry. Sean Drone will be in the mix as well. Gentlemen? Yeah, Hyde is not going to play, uh, but he has shed his sling. I always like when they use that language. He's mm. shed it. It sounds so <laughs> so majestic. It does. Like he's blossoming out of a cocoon. <laughs> but anyways, uh, yeah, I mean, Hyde is not going to play, so Mike Davis and Sean Drone, as you mentioned, I, I think Drone will catch passes. Yeah. Davis could see like probably 10 to 15 carries, but it's not a spot that I really want to use either of them unless I'm desperate. Tampa Bay has a pretty good run defense, and I think they're going to get Joe McCoy back this week, who's one of the best run defending defensive tackles. He's just one of the in- best players, defensive players in the game, period. Correct. Uh, Carlos, well, we talk about Mike Davis. The reason I kind of sort of like Mike Davis in this spot is that there's uh, Tampa Bay runs the second most offensive plays. Uh, in the NFL per game. And then we know about Chip Kelly wanting to run plays as well. I think it's going to be a pretty high-paced game, uh, and it should result in a lot of opportunities at least for Mike Davis. I don't know how efficient he'll be with those opportunities, but I I think the volume will be there. No? Yeah, no, I think the volume will be there. Um, And look – if you're in a situation where you're, you know, short on running back or you're streaming the position, this is the matchup to take advantage of. Oh, and the other thing too, right? That it's not like Tampa Bay's uh, defense overall is good. I mean, their run defense might be okay, but they're giving up a lot of points per game, nearly 29 points per game, real points per game. We're not talking about fantasy points, real points per game. And so, I don't know, the defense not that great. The run, the run defense, as you mentioned, is pretty good, but I don't know. I, I just, I believe in the opportunity. I, I'd run. I would run Mike Davis out there with some confidence. Mm. I'll say that. It's aggressive. Uh, it is aggressive. LaShawn McCoy is going to be out. He tweaked his hamstring during the week, uh, and it looks like well, he might be out. Yeah, he's he a game-time game decision. decision. Well, this is what happened. ESPN's Josina Anderson said he's going to be out and could be out for a few weeks, and then there were other reports, Ian Rappaport, NFL Media Insider, and then the AP uh, football guy also said that he had a team source with direct knowledge that he's a game-time decision. So conflicting reports, certainly, uh, but it doesn't look great for LaShawn McCoy. If he doesn't go, and again, I'd be pretty surprised if he doesn't go, uh, it's going to be Mike Gillisley, who's actually looked pretty explosive in a, in a reserve role as well. Yeah. Gillisley had over five yards of carry last year in his in his chances. Uh, the Bills are a run-first team, so, I mean, I think we could expect anywhere from 18 to 20 touches for Gillisley if he plays. The Dolphins give up 4.36 yards per carry to running backs. That's the 12th highest. Um, they've been run on more than any other team outside of the 49ers and Raiders. Uh, we talked about that going into the last game with right. Le'Veon Bell, just how much they're, they're due for some touchdown regression in, in allowing touchdowns. So I think that – I think Gillisley, if McCoy sits, is is like a near must start. The, the one thing that I looked at though with this matchup, and yeah, the Dolphins are giving up what you said, almost four yard, four point four yards per carry thereabouts. Uh, it is a little skewed because they gave up all of the rushing yards to the Titans uh, last week or the week before, right? So that does skew it a little bit. Um, the other part of it is that they have just the one rushing touchdown allowed, but I feel like that's a number that 
can change. Touchdowns are fickle beasts. Oh, that, sure. that works for yeah. both offenses and defenses. 100%. Uh, Doug Martin, meanwhile, for Tampa Bay, uh, Coach Dirk Cutter said that Doug Martin last week, not this week, last week, suffered a setback in recovering from his hamstring injury. Looks like he's going to be a no-go. Charles Sims, as we know, put on IR as well. What does that mean for the Tampa Bay backfield? It's going to be all of the Jaquiz Rogers. Is there somebody else in that backfield, Wiz? Uh, not particularly. There is somebody, but they're they're escaping me right now. I think it was a Peyton practice Barber. squad player. Peyton Barber. Oh, thank you Peyton from Auburn. Barber. But Jaquiz Rogers set a career high in carries and rushing yards the last time he was out there. We know he's a good I feel like he did it in the first quarter. Basically. <laughs> 35 <laughs> touches. That is total. insane. This is going to be his backfield right now with Muscle Hamster. Is he officially out or just very yeah, likely out? I think out? he's out. Okay. I think he's out. Uh, and again, uh, taking on a Niners team, right, that just got gashed for like a billion yards against the Bills? I think they've given up a 100-yard rusher in five straight games. Oh, Fran- franchise profiled this in a good piece. You can read it at NFL.com <laughs> slash franchise. His uh, Aaron Ground analysis from our wonderful sponsor, FedEx. Yay, Beautiful. FedEx. Uh, but he talked about how Jaquiz is in an excellent spot. All right, yeah. let- They've allowed 243 yards per game on the ground the last two weeks since Navarro Bowman went out. That's 62 yards more than the second most team. Is that bad? That seems, <laughs> that seems bad. That's, that's what we would say is – not hashtag good. That is ungood. That's, uh, that's ungood. Uh, Latavius Murray, who's been dealing with turf toe, was back practicing this week. Does anyone – can somebody give me an update on Latavius Murray? Don't play don't Latavius care. Murray. I don't, don't care. Don't play Latavius Murray. I just no. – I, 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 why not? I mean, why? Because he's just not getting enough touches. That's, that's the frustrating part to me. It's not that he's been bad. It's just that the Raiders don't like giving him the football for some reason. I don't know if he, you know – besmirched Jack Del Rio's kids. I don't know. It feels like just... it feels like the Giants from last year where they were running four running backs out there. They've got Jalen Richard. They've got DeAndre Washington. They've got Jameis Olawale. Am I even saying his name? I don't know. J- that is. That's Jemaze correct. A something. Okay, Jameis Jameis Olawale out there as well. Um, you know, it's funny, too, because once Latavius – I mean, when Latavius was playing, a lot of fans were saying, oh, this guy's no good. He's a stiff. He doesn't, you know, he, he's only a north-south guy. He doesn't know how to get, you know, lateral. And then when he went out, I didn't see better production from DeAndre Washington or Jalen Richard. Right. So I'm actually, you know, I wonder if that was a message, too, to the coaching staff saying, hey, man, you know what, maybe this guy actually is pretty darn good uh, for our team, especially for our offense. Just because the other guys didn't play well doesn't mean Latavius Murray is actually hashtag good. Oh, I'm not saying he's great. Well, I think part of the problem is, though, the Raiders just, they haven't made any sort of commitment to running. I mean, what, commitment to excellence, but not a commitment to running the football. There you go. They just, they they don't (laughs) do it. And so because of that, I don't care who you're running out there at, at the running back spot. They're just, if they're not getting a requisite amount of touches, you're just never going to have any real success running the football. That's all there is to it. It's not even a real good spot for running backs in general. Raiders are going across country to play Jacksonville, and their their run defense is actually pre- their whole defense is actually played well, better than expected this season. They give up under four yards a carry. Uh, Malik Jackson and other additions have made a big difference. Telvin Smith, by the way, is, is balling out. Dude's He's balling really uh, well. Man, Raiders run the ball 37% of the time. That's one of the lowest ratios in the league. Interesting. Ew. Okay, that's not great. Uh, what is – I honestly do not know what the latest is on New Copians. Well, I know that his, he was dealing with an injury. His quarterback stinks. <laughs> there is that as well. Uh, I didn't. I got no news as to the severity of New Hopkins' injury. He's limited no in idea. Thursday's practice. He's expected to play Monday night despite the limited practice. 
All right, there you go. Tyler Eifert, for reals, for reals, this time, you guys. Maybe. 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 Okay. Uh, and if he, he's if he back play, practicing. If he plays, I'm playing him. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. If he plays, start him. The team has been relatively noncommittal as to whether or not he will go, but uh, he is back practicing. Remember, he's come recovering from a, a back injury as well as off-season ankle surgery. So, But, no, you're right. Uh, he's in a pretty good spot, and the team needs him. Yeah, well, we but we we were here what a couple weeks ago when it looked like he was all ready to play and he yep. had a great matchup uh, against, against the Cowboys a couple weeks ago and we right. looked like hey this is the time everybody who waited you're going to be rewarded he's going to get those red zone looks and then he had a setback uh, and here we are now so wait till Sunday and make sure he's not on the inactive list uh, let's just say too like even if you don't have Tyler Eifert maybe you're streaming quarterbacks or you're playing daily fantasy if you want yeah. to kind of make the arbitrage play on. Uh, like on him being back, you just play Andy Dalton because I think that that offense has sorely missed Tyler Eifert's red zone presence. He's one oh, of the best. He's one of the best red zone weapons in the NFL. And right. I mean, they've Brandon LaFell has three red zone touchdowns in the last two weeks, so that just shows you what's going on there. Hello, uh, Bengals at home taking on the Cleveland Browns. So you can't ask for a better start from a tight end, really. Nope. Uh, so there you go. Uh, I think that's your top news, is it not? Sure. Okay, let's get to TNF. Uh, do the Packers still suck? Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> no, but really, though, uh, here's the thing. Aaron Rodgers, what, threw 56 passes, just cracked 300 yards, which is I mean, it's mind-boggling. I, I know they were running a lot of short passes because they didn't have really a running back at all. Eddie Lacy put on IR. James Stark's injured. He's going to be out for a few weeks. They had a they, they brought out the practice squad kid from Nevada, Don Jackson. They signed Niall Davis a couple days ago, so he wasn't really ready to go. By the way, how weird was it to see a guy wearing number 88 running between the tackles? That was bizarre. That was weird, right? It was very weird. It was also weird for me to see a number 30 just getting stuffed at the line for <laughs> the Packers because that was what Amon Green used to wear. But what I think is, like, everybody's quick to, like, to yes, Rodgers did not have a great yards per attempt, but – those were the type of routes they needed to run to get into a rhythm. I agree. The chains. And guess what? They scored. And guess what? Right. They had two more touchdowns that were this close to happening. 100%. This is a, it's a similar offense to what the uh, what the Patriots run, which is a lot of quick passing. Aaron Rodgers on the phone uh, there. Running. I don't know why people call me when we're up here. It's like nobody ever respects that we're in this <laughs> studio. <laughs> Drives me crazy. Anyways, get help. Well, normally, nor- so <laughs> normally we don't. Normally, the 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 people on the podcast are not behind the glass. But since the NFL doesn't respect this podcast, no, and entity, give us a producer, give us but- a real producer. You have to be back there with the okay. mic on. Anyways, as I was saying, the the Packers still took deep shots. Jordy got tackled on the one. Devontae Adams got pi DPI'd on another, and right. Jordy was wide open, and Rogers just didn't hit him. So it's it's a similar mold to what the Patriots run. And I think if the Packers kind of they can't give 15 carries to the to the wide receivers every week. But if they use this as a foundation to build forward, I could see this offense getting better. However, that is going to detract from Jordy Nelson's value. I don't think he's like a lock lock and load player anymore. Oh, yeah, no it's, it definitely boosts Montgomery. It definitely boosts Cobb and PPR. And we can't ignore Devontae Adams anymore, guys. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. 16 targets, 13 catches. What is it? What What do you have? 132 and two touchdowns? Yeah. I, I didn't expect maybe these kind of numbers, but silly. I, I believed when they drafted Devontae Adams that he was a good fit for this offense. And, you know, obviously the first couple years, we, or at least I was wrong. Um, but maybe he's starting to figure something out now. Maybe maybe the light has come on for him. I think it has. I mean, you watched him play the last couple of weeks, really the last few weeks. I think he's played a lot better, man. Um, I know the first couple of weeks, I, I got a big piece coming out uh, 
news and notes, but the whole intro of it is basically the the premise is that Jordy Nelson is done as a mm-hmm. as an elite wide receiver. But uh, and a lot of that is based on the fact that Devontae Adams. I think the light has come on, and I and 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 to your point, Gilhar, what I found the most disturbing, if I'm and I am a Jordy Nelson owner, is the fact that Rodgers force fed him that first touchdown. He was not open whatsoever, and he just said, oh. "Hey." Adams, go make this play. Now, hold on. That's that's a play that the Packers have run for years, the back shoulder fade. Rodgers just threw a horrendous pass. <laughs> yeah, it, was not, it was not a good throw. He threw it at the butt of the defender. I know. And Adams made a hell of a play. Like That's a play, whether it's Jordy or Adams or whomever, they have ran that play. That's been a staple of the Packers offense for it's five true. or six years. So but it was literally that, in the middle of that guy's back. Yeah, so it back. wasn't force-feeding. Rodgers just made a horrible throw. Okay. So here, here are my thoughts on, on Adams All right. and Jordy. Adams, like nobody was lower on Devonte Adams going into last year than me. Okay, I, I, I like, and that turned out to be correct. Anyone want some tea? <laughs> that's, not what, that's not what I'm saying. But my my point here is that and I wrote a piece about Adams, and then a larger point about especially reception perception and just players in general. Just because a player proves not able to step up to a task in one year does not mean that they are forever a worthless player. And especially with Adams, like last year they asked him to be the number one outside receiver. And it was clear from watching his rookie film that he was not going to be ready for that. However, now he's like an ancillary threat in the Packers offense. And he might be, you know, somebody that gets more targets than than Jordy Nelson maybe going forward. I kind of tend to doubt that even if Nelson isn't as good as he used to be. And I don't think he is. But... Adams is a player that's now like their number three receiver, and he's very capable of being able to do that. It's always about contextualizing expectations and assignments for players, and he's able to do that now. Nelson, as you mentioned, so last night the uh, Next Gen Stats research team sent me a new metric that we're working on, which is separation at target for these uh, wide receivers, which, again, speaking of reception, perception, all that. That was fun while that lasted. Uh, this is actually really <laughs> tracked by. I'm just kidding, but this is actually just really tra- tracked by the chips that are in their sol- in their shoulder pads. It shows you how much receivers are separated from the nearest defender when they're targeted. Montgomery and and Cobb obviously are the highest of the of the five last night. Three point nine for Montgomery, three for Cobb, but those are kind of the routes they run. Adams at two point seven, which is right around the league average. Jeff Janis one point nine to be expected. Jordy Nelson was the lowest at 1.09, which is well under the league average. So that idea that, hey, he's not getting open, these receivers aren't separating – that's that's real. That's quantified. That's that's an actual thing that's happening. And Nelson is the is the biggest problem right now. Oh, that, that hurts. It does. <laughs> it hurts so bad. All right. How about Jordan Howard, Alshon Jeffrey? Uh, they're down to their third string quarterback. Mac Barkley is in there slinging the rock for the Chicago Bears. Brian Hoyer got er- injured pretty early on. Uh, I don't know what to make uh, well, of the offense at all. For real Chicago. quick. Yeah. Uh, Jordan Howard was fun while he lasted, but this has quickly turned back into a horrific John Fox committee. Absolutely. Langford's probably going to come back in a couple weeks and just punt on all the Bears running back. By the way, Kadeem Carey didn't look bad. No. I mean, that, that's what I'm saying. It's like, like you know, Jordan Howard was in there. If he gets the touches, he's good, but he's not going to get the touches. No, that's the problem. Just yeah. get this backfield out of my life. <laughs> You're so frustrated by it. I love it. Um, all right, so what do we make of Alshon, though, moving forward? I know the panic meter is just, I mean, redlining right now on Alshon. You know, in a really backwards sort of way. Okay. You, if you have Alshon Jeffrey, you kind of want Jay Cutler to come back. 100%. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know? I mean, I know Bears fans don't necessarily want Jay Cutler to come back, but if you got Alshon Jeffrey, you know with Cutler, there's going to be that, screw it, I'm going deep, 
I'm going to throw it to number 17 <laughs> hey man, over and the, over the again. Cu- the Cutler truthers, that small vocal faction in my mentions <laughs> after I said Brian Hoyer was going to be the starter for a long time, uh, they want Cutler back. Oh, yeah. Of course they do. There you go. Um, here's the thing with Alshon Jeffrey, though, right? Like, uh, you know, I, I, you mentioned Jay Cutler. He's been day-to-day for like six weeks now. I, how, when <laughs> I when mean, is he James, coming back? James, we're all day to day. I know. Yeah. I, it's just uh, the John Fox playing with the injury reports thing is just, oh, God, it's so frustrating. Yeah. Well, what uh, does anyone have any idea? Anyone have any idea whatsoever if Jay Cutler's going to come back? Well, I think now they will try to push him to come back. I, okay. I, think, I think if Brian Hoyer were still healthy and still playing good football, then it turns into one of those – yeah, Jay, you know, Jay's, Jay's just not ready yet. You know, he still needs a little time, more time. Jay. You know, he's still, time, he's still rehabbing. It's going slower than expected. But now that they're staring at you know, Matt Barkley and, you know, maybe some curtain jerker off the street, all respects to Adam Rank, um, <laughs> it's going to be, hey, Jay, how, uh, how you feeling? You, you good? You, you good? good? Can you go? You go? You good? All right? Let's oh, go. God, I'll be so excited if Jay Cutler comes back, man. It's, and it's so weird to say. Uh, what do we make of Cam Meredith? Because you know he had a two-week, a nice little two-week run, Matt Harmon, and I, I don't know. I just this offense just looks like a mess. Yeah, I don't really want to be heavily invested in this offense right now in any fashion, especially you know Cam Meredith definitely had what looked like a big coming out party the last two weeks. 100%. But I mean, Cutler has a tendency to feed his top guy. Meredith is probably not going to be his top guy. You would um, think. You would I don't think, know, but though. I don't really know. I yeah. don't really know. I mean, I think that if you can. Sell on potentially guys like Jordan Howard or Cameron Meredith off of what they did in t- the two weeks prior, uh, yeah. in three weeks really for Howard and not what happened on Thursday night. I think that's going to be difficult, but I think you might want to explore that. I've been dogged about keeping Zach Miller. I think I'm wrong. I probably should just play matchups. I feel like yeah. Zach Miller's got that top ten you know, fantasy potential every single week. And just the offense is I such a mess. Did. I just need to. Get, I I think I need to give up on Zach Miller. I think no? he did with uh, Brian Hoyer. Okay. He was playing very well with Brian Hoyer. He was getting a lot of targets, getting a lot of red zone targets because right. uh, Hoyer just doesn't want to throw the ball downfield much to to a guy like Alshon Jeffrey. So I think it was that way with Hoyer, but I don't think it is anymore. Um, and I don't, I don't know if we talked about Ty Montgomery enough, or maybe I was spaced out for a second. But I think he's theoretic, basically. Going forward, that's a great call. Yeah. Uh, am I the only person? I'll ask Alex. You're you're a Green Bay guy. Am I the? Only, I'm hoping that he actually keeps that role. I don't see why he wouldn't. No, he he totally should. He might not. You know, he hopefully isn't the featured back. But seeing a ton of snaps at back and out wide, I think it's a great spot for fantasy because he is Harmon. You actually were like right on the nose before the game. You tweeted out his route chart and theoretics, and they looked almost identical. And he's just a bigger. Like more muscular theoretic, basically. If yeah, he, it actually looked better running between the tackles and, and breaking tackles and getting yards <laughs> after contact as a runner than no, theoretic. He did. He did. I and you know I, I'll tell you what I love about him too. Um, I, I love the patience. He waits for the, those holes to develop and he doesn't try to do too much. The fact that he's very patient behind the line, waits for that little opening, picks up three, four, five yards and more if he can, but. I, I like what he does. I like what he brings to the table as a running back, as strange as that sounds. It does look weird seeing an 88 get that many touches, man. It's just odd seeing him behind there. But I really hope he keeps that gig. Yeah. Real quick, speaking of theoretic, it sounds like he's pretty much out for the weekend, too. There you and go. Jordan Reed is out. Those were two people we forgot to mention in the right. news. Well, we'll talk about them. Oh, by the way, uh, speaking of guys who are out, the Niners have just tweeted that Carlos Hyde is officially out. Hey, there there you we go. go. Out of baby. All, All right. right. Do we got franchise? Uh, yeah, one sec, though. Prepare yourselves for eating. It's Franchise's Fiery Phone-In of the Week. 
my fire take is that Alfred Morris gets revenge on the Redskins. Revenge! Revenge! <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love it. We got the franchise, Matt Franciscovich, on the horn. Franchise, what's up? Hey. <laughs> Give me your lock of the week, pal. CJ Anderson, next. <laughs> what's your bust of the week, dude? Jay Ajayi, next. <laughs> uh, your fire take, por favor. Derrick Henry is my sleeper, next. Okay. Do we have a fire take? No fire, just name. Franchise out. <laughs> he just hung up. <laughs> wow. Wow. Okay. Oh. Wow. 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 Okay. Oh, what was man. that? What was that in response to? I feel like that was. I think he just. I think the fire was just running low this week. I don't think no, so. I, I think it was because uh, I don't he think listened so. to the pod and there was a little bit of ribbing on him going too long on okay. Darren Sproles and All stuff. Right. So okay. so obviously right. he's overcorrecting, so overcorrecting, which is great because I just remembered that this is <laughs> the podcast where we were going to try to collect quotes from and like so I could get the social team to promote it more. Yeah. Right? And and I was like, oh. Frank Franchise does a fiery phone, and this will be great. I'll, I'll be sell you whatever right. quotes he has from there. That was oh. wonderful. Okay. <laughs> that was really helpful. Oh. Next. Oh. Derrick Henry, next. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> I love it. How that was How that do was we move great. on from here? Uh, well, we're going to talk about deep sleepers. <laughs> Pick up the pieces of this shattered podcast now. Oh, my God. You know what? In a way, that was his most fiery phone ever. I know. Mm-hmm. I mean, he came in and just shattered the podcast. He was literally just standing in the flames like C.J. Anderson, <laughs> Derek Henry, Jay Ajayi, franchise out. Franchise <laughs> out. Oh, my goodness. Oh, Christ. All right. Should we do some deep? All right. Let's do some, some. Look, it's Friday. Uh, waivers have been processed, most likely. Uh, injuries have popped up a lot in the midweek. Uh, and you are desperate. And we're here to help. We're going to get you some deep sleepers. Let's start with the Whiz Kid from Wisconsin. Uh, so mine, with Terrell Pryor having his hamstring injury being questionable to play, Ooh. they're still going to need somebody to catch passes in oh. that offense. I'm going to dial up the rookie, Ricardo Lewis. No, you're not. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> oh, I love this. Going deep. Holy hell, this is deep. Tell so me why now, Ricardo Lewis. Lewis, uh, he basically plays the same role as Terrell Pryor. He's just on the opposite side. Plays okay. 86% of his snaps outside. Pryor's played 84% of his snaps out wide. Over the last four weeks, he's actually seen 23 targets. He's only caught 13 of them, but he's had 146 yards and no touchdowns. He's a big, explosive athlete from from Auburn last year uh, coming in, so I think he, he could fit that same mold. I mean, that's kind of what Terrell Pryor was for them is that explosive element. Hopefully they set him up for some catch and runs off of slants and stuff. But if you are completely desperate, Ricardo Lewis could see a bunch of targets, especially if Terrell Pryor sits. Amazing. I love it. Uh, by the way, you do a, a great deep sleeper segment uh, every single week. Folks can catch that at uh, NFL.com slash deep dive yep. or NFL.com slash Gelhar. All right, MG, my guy, Marcus Grant, hit me with a deep sleeper. All right, I'm waiting to get called a homer because I'm going with Marquise Lee this oh, week. Oh, boy. Homer! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yes. It, it, oh, boy. I know on the surface it there seems a little bit sketchy, but if you look at it, he actually is second on the team in receptions. Uh, he's a guy that 
the big knock on him really has been the fact in his career that he's been injured and just not available. That's how he, that's how he got the albino tiger nickname. The uh, offensive coordinator in Jacksonville said it's like an albino tiger. You don't see him very often, but when you do, it's pretty amazing. And I think what we've seen out of him is that he is really gaining the trust of Blake Bortles in that offense. He's going to line up wide. He's probably going to have a lot of matchups against David Amerson in that Raiders secondary. And Amerson has had his struggles so far this uh, year. He's been bad. So this is an opportunity for for Marquise Lee maybe to to get off a little bit. I think Allen Robinson has a big, big game in that offense. But Lee has been targeted six or more times in every game this year except one. So they're looking in his direction in that offense. And this, again, we're talking deep sleepers. So it means you're hurting at some position anyway. So this is an opportunity for him to maybe slide in and be a stream for you. There you go. Matt Harmon? Yeah, so mine is uh, another Ravens wide receiver after I was on uh, what's-his-name, Kamar Kamar Aiken last week. What's-his-name? That was mean. Um, (laughs) So this week, I think Brashad Perryman is the play. Okay. Against the Jets secondary. We know the Jets have not been good against the pass. They allow league-high marks and catch rate to wide receivers, yards per target to wide receivers. Uh, They're 200 and. 1.5 1.5 yards per game and 6.9 touchdown rate are among the top 10 among NFL top, top worst um, top 10 worst among NFL defense. There, there, there you go. There you go. Got it. Uh, Brashad Perryman is a proven deep threat. We know that uh, in a full complement of playing time, he played 67% of the team snaps, third among wide receivers last week. He caught a 40-yard bomb right off the bat. He has topped uh, 20 miles per hour in three games according to Next Gen stats and I think that I think that they're going to try to get him involved this week. Uh, Flacco averages 6.9 intended air yards when he targets Brashad Perryman, but averages just 11.9 air yards on his completions of Brashad Perryman. So there's room there to the, for those numbers to kind of come a little bit closer together. I really like Perryman this week as a fit against attacking this Jets defense and also Man. just, again, getting him more involved. Uh, I love it because I'm going to go equally. I mean, all of these picks are just dirty. I love it. Ricardo Lewis, Marquise Lee, Brashard Perriman. I'm going to go San Francisco 49er, Quentin Rampage, Patton. Woo! Okay. Uh, we talked about the pace of play. I think Tampa Bay plays. They, they, they run the second most plays uh, in the NFL offensively. Chip Kelly wants to run a very fast pace as well. When you get those two things combined, I think we're going to see a lot of opportunities here. Um, last week he saw seven targets. It was a giant uh, increase in terms of targets for Quentin Patton, and sometimes that makes a whole heck of a lot of sense. They brought in Colin Kaepernick. He's going to be – he's been that backup quarterback. Quentin Patton is out there quite a bit as well, but we've seen a lot of times secondary receivers who work with that backup quarterback start to build a little bit of chemistry here's the thing Quentin Patton's out there a lot I mean he's out there I think he played all but one snap uh, last week and he actually out snapped played more snaps than Torrey Smith so I think the opportunities will be there I don't trust the Tampa Bay defense. They've given up a lot of big plays through the air. Their passing defense has just been abysmal. And I think this is going to be a game that's going to be a sneaky high scoring as well. Uh, maybe not in the first half, but I think by the time the final horn sounds, I wouldn't be surprised at all if this is one of your higher scoring games of the weekend. I'm going to go Quentin, Rampage, Patton. You can also find uh, this pick and an extended reason as to why on Fantasy Danger Zone, which I believe will be released shortly today. All right. Uh, That was your deep sleepers. Now, you may know Marcos E. Miguel, but do you know about Marcos E. Mateo? This is for the very, very staunch listeners of the podcast. We bring this back. Marcos once kicked a field goal and scored a touchdown. 
when Mateo plays fantasy football, NFL teams start him. They are the most interesting men in fantasy. Marcos, please take it away, my friend. The Detroit Lions don't always give up touchdowns to tight ends. Well, actually, they do. Except when it's Zach Ertz, who is the only starting tight end to not score a touchdown against the Lions this season. Deep. Mateo. Geno Smith saw action in just one game in 2015. When he did, he threw the ball to Brandon Marshall 18 times. Interesting. Marcos. Four of the top six fantasy quarterbacks have four letters in either their first or last names. One, Matthew Stafford, why are you being so formal? <laughs> also, Andy Dalton and Ryan Tannehill. What is wrong with you? <laughs> Matthew Stafford, why are you being so formal? Okay. <clears throat> Mateo. Garrett Blunt has scored a touchdown in every game Tom Brady has played in this year. That means he will score a touchdown in all of his games. <laughs> Trends. They are the most interesting <laughs> in fantasy. And this was the last edition of the Fantasy <laughs> Live podcast. I feel like this is probably not going to happen again. Well, yep. Yeah, good, hey, thing, you, good thing nobody listens or even knows we do this. Yeah, thing. exactly. Hey, <laughs> hey, by the way, Harmon, you brought up a great point. Have we not? We haven't talked about the the Leggy Blunt revenge game. Oh, we're going to talk about oh, it. We're going to talk about. We're oh. going to be talking. Oh, about yeah. it. Okay. Well, it is time for EDG. Every damn game, let's get into it. Uh, the Giants at the Rams in London. This is a tough tough home game really for the Rams they're traveling across the pond they're going to be playing 6 30 what Pacific time 6 30 a.m. Pacific their time. bodies aren't going to know what the hell's going on MG give me a breakdown well first thing I I want to know has anybody checked to see if Odell Beckham's pending nuptials to the kicking net if they stand if they're recognized oh God. in in the United Kingdom this thing has just gone on to hopefully it ends because it's gotten yes. lame now yes. um well it's the biggest it's the biggest problem facing the New York Giants there's nothing nothing at all <laughs> if per, per the coaching staff's assessment of the roster it's, <laughs> nothing their, at all. it's their biggest issue uh, oh, on the geez. on the field however uh, a, a guy I'm keeping an eye on this week is, is really Sterling Shepard I mean obviously everybody's got their eyes on OBJ and, and what he could potentially do but the Rams secondary has has been surprisingly vulnerable this year. I, I don't know that I really saw that coming. Uh, they have been beaten up a lot, and they have been beaten up a lot out of the slot, which is where Sterling Shepard primarily has done his damage this year. So I, I think this could be a situation where even if Eli Manning doesn't have a great game, because I could certainly see that being in the cards, and Eli's not necessarily great, I think Sterling Shepard, I think, you know, I think, Odell Beckham's going to be fine, uh, but if you are if you are missing somebody, if there's somebody on a buy, you know maybe a, Calvin, a Kelvin Benjamin or something like that. Sterling Shepard, I think, is a nice play in his place. Matt Harmon, Saints at KC. What you got? Yeah, this is a really interesting game to me. By the way, news we didn't talk about this week, uh, or we didn't talk about up top, was that Jamal Charles had a, his knee swelled up. Right. Swelled up? Is that a is oh, that swole. Well, get, when you get swelled up, that's a good thing. Right. Unless Getting it's your swelled knee. swelled up. Unless it's your knee. Unless it's your knee. Then that's that a bad thing. you had thing. an injury on. Right. So yeah. Jamal Charles is, is, is now questionable to play. Doesn't really matter, though, because Spencer Ware is the back there in Kansas City. And if you're not woke to that yet, you, you, you got to start waking that up. That 
somebody. Seriously, because Spencer Ware last week completely balled out. Uh, he had way more snaps than Jamal Charles. He out-touched him 26 touches to Charles's 11. Uh, Spencer Ware, again, been dominating all year. He was yeah. the dude there in Oakland. It's a home game against a bad Saints defense that's allowed the most rushing touchdowns in the NFL despite the fact that they've been on a bye. Uh, so I think that Spencer Ware, great spot again. The, the Chiefs should be favored to win this game. Sure. Uh, and on the Saints side – I mean, it's it's tough because we know the home road splits for Drew Brees very and company. They're, they're very dramatic, and they only seem to get more dramatic every single year. However, I still think if you have Drew Brees, I don't know if I'd go benching him because I think that the, the Chiefs defense is not quite what it used to be, uh, and I think that he can still get over in this one. And that, that also flows down to Brandon Cooks, who also has some super uh, dramatic home road splits where he has, I believe, over 900 yards in his last 11 home games wow. and just 599 yards and three scores in his last 10 road games. That's so not good. Those are, those are some dramatic splits. However... Marcus Peters plays over 88% of his snaps over at left cornerback. Okay. Uh, which is – he's not really a shadow corner. Brandon Cooks, however, it moves all over the field. You know, he plays a little bit in the slot. He plays a little bit at left wide receiver. Right. Uh, he'll see some of Marcus Peters, but even if he does, I think Cooks can get over on him because he's fast. Uh, breaking news. Uh, he's also <laughs> – Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, he, he's, he's very fast. First uh, I'm hearing of this. He oh. actually has the fastest recording receiving touchdown time per next-gen stats this year. Out of and, Anyways, so I think he can actually get over on Peters because if there's one thing he struggled with a little bit this year, he allowed a big play to Sammy Coates. He allowed a big play to Will Fuller. So I'm not like totally freaking out and benching Brandon Cooks uh, or 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 uh, Drew Brees in this spot. And I also think it's a good little little position for Willie Sneed because the weakest Chiefs corner is their slot corner, Stephen Nelson. Ooh, I like Willie Sneed a lot this week. All right, Wiz, give me your breakdown of the Vikings versus the Eagles. Well, for one, don't start any Eagles if you do, you're an insane person. But on the flip side, I think I've, I've seen a bunch of people kind of fretting over Kyle Rudolph this week coming out of the bye. The Eagles me. like own a, a <laughs> ghastly fantasy points against two tight ends. Right. However, okay. when you dive in a little deeper, they you realize really they, they haven't played anybody. They played Zach Miller and Gary Barnage in weeks one and two in severely diminished roles, like right. not what either of them had last year. Right. They played Jesse James in week three, who as much as we love hoping he'll be a Heath Miller impersonator, sure. he's averaging like three targets a game. Then somehow they magically were able to dodge both Eric Ebron and Jordan Reed, two tight ends who could have gotten over on them in weeks five and six for injuries. Kyle Rudolph's the most targeted player on the Vikings right now. He's also the most targeted player in the red zone. And we know this Minnesota offense is going to be able to move the ball. Their defense will probably give him some short field opportunities. I think Rudolph's still in a good spot, and he's absolutely a top 10, probably even higher tight end play for me this week. Do you play Stephon Diggs? It's questionable. It's questionable. No. Right, that, got groin, that growing injury. That groin worries me. Yep. That All right. You know it's questionable officially with a hamstring. Wait, what? Yeah, he's listed as questionable with a hamstring. I saw him now. as groin limited yeah. participant on the early actually, practice. Well, I don't know. I just saw he that. He actually up. missed last week's game or the previous. Well, then if that's the case, then I'm not I'm not playing it. <laughs> he's got a groin <laughs> and a hamstring. Dude, I just that's... saw that for uh, I just saw that on Roto World. So. Oh. All right. Well, uh, yeah. If that's the case, I wouldn't play him. I go. I might even be. I will probably wouldn't try out Adam Thielen or anybody yet. Somebody's going to catch passes and touchdowns, but like it's going to be it, Rudolph. It's going to be Rudolph. All right. There you go. Colts at Texans. Mg. Uh, Titans. Oh, sorry. Colts at Titans. There you go. Um, there it is. This is all about the quarterbacks. I think in this one. I think yeah, for the Titans, they are going to run. They're going to run, and then when you're tired of them running, they're going to run some more oh, because boy. between Demarco Murray. 
uh, Marcus Mariota, and even some Derrick Henry. I think they're going to run all up and down on the Colts, so that's good for those players. Not so much if you're trying to figure out that hodgepodge, that grab bag, that mishmash of Titans pass catchers. And why would you want to do that to yourself? I don't know. don't stop. Don't do that. Um, I love that Justin Hunter has to go to a different team to be successful. To be successful, right? I hate the tight ends <laughs> how they, or the Titans and how they use the receivers so much. I mean, so like if you're trying to dig through this Rashard Matthews, Tajay Sharp slog that they're Ugh. running out there. Hey, just, give Kendall Wright, oh, my and Andre bad. Johnson, their due. Marcus. My bad. My yeah, those guys too. Uh, don't worry about them so much, but it is going to be about the running game for the Titans against the Colts. Meanwhile, okay. this could be another situation where you see Andrew Luck forced to drop back and sling the ball 45, 50 times a game. I like it. Uh, the Titans aren't bad against the run, so that means it's going to be tough, I think, for Frank Gore to get going. Uh, hopefully, T.Y. Hilton is healthy and ready to go because that is going to have a huge impact on what the Colts offense can do in this game. Ooh, I forgot Dude. about Chester Rogers as a deep sleeper. Please. Uh, Colts are <laughs> in such a bad spot. Not only do they not have any more good players except Jack Doyle, who's the GOAT. Yeah, but, uh, but like Rainbow the, Six, let's the, go. The Titans' defense has been great the last two weeks. They have 18 sacks on the season. 12 of them came in their last two games. Yep. Uh, oh, by the way, the Colts love to give up sacks as well. Andrew Luck is the most sacked quarterback in the league. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if the Titans wax the Colts. All right, which there you is go. Crazy. By say. the way, <laughs> spot start Titans defense. I like that as well, dude. I've been putting whatever defenses played Andrew Luck has been in my streaming defenses column for the last like four weeks. Yeah, Words buddy. And they've all they say. all pretty much performed too. That's crazy. Even the Jaguars performed in London. <laughs> Jacksonville's defense. That's crazy. All right, Bills at Miami. Wizkid. Oh, this one was me? Oh, wait. Is it Harmon? It's I'm, got I'm no name next to it, yeah, so lost good now. planning, whoever makes the rundown. Wait, well, I, wait, wait, hold on. Just it, Harmon, take it. Bills at Miami. <laughs> okay, well, okay, so here's the deal. All right, since what I just, jerk. So just threw that out there. What a jerk. Uh, here's here's the deal. Obviously, we talked about the Bills running back situation. If Gillisley is the starter and McCoy sits, I think you definitely have to play him. Otherwise, though, the Bills are pretty banged up. I think Charles Clay uh, has an injury. Robert Woods. Also, is, is oh no, I think he's in a walking. I think Clay's earlier. off the injury report. My mistake, but Robert Woods is in like Marcus. Bobby mentioned. Woods is in a boot. Spotted yeah. in a boot. I don't, oh, he's, he's definitely questionable. He might play, but who knows? Uh, so, other than Gillisley, though, I'm not really interested in playing any Bills, even though the Miami defense is not good. By the way, can I just mention, it is shocking how little I know about what's going on in the NFL when my Twitter doesn't work. Well, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's, it's it hard to keep shocking. up. Twitter, Twitter is great. All uh, right, keep going. Miami, though. So they're in another tough spot. I mean, I, I definitely think Jarvis Landry, you, you probably have to play him. But Nick Roby, uh Trojan, there you go. Right, right on. He has played really well right this year. He's been he one, of the, one of the best slot corners in the NFL. So he'll match up with Jarvis Landry. Uh, the Bills' outside cover corners probably can handle Devontae Parker as well. Uh, the real question here is, is Jay Ajayi. I mean, you can't really overstate how awesome he was right. last the last week. I mean, he looked 204 like, rush yards. Yeah, like 204 rush yards. He averaged over 11 yards a carry when they put eight men in the box. Uh, he hit 20, or 19 miles per hour on his uh, on his big touchdown run. I mean, this should be the moment where he takes the job and runs with it. Or he's Jonas Gray. <laughs> or he's Jonas Gray, but I think he's actually. But the thing is, like, I think he's actually good at football. I mean, I thought yeah. that coming into the NF, into the NFL, Same. I thought that coming into right. this year, like this was the Jay Ajayi I have been waiting to see for 100%. the last two years. I think we continue to see him, but it's tough to trust him. I mean, the Bills allow the fourth fewest yards per carry to running backs, three point four five. So, I mean, this isn't a great spot, but I I think my gut feels 
that this is the moment that he takes this job and runs with it for the rest of the year. I like it. Washington at Detroit. Now we go to the Wiz Kid from Wisconsin. Hey, what's up? So I think especially with Jordan Reed being out, that opens the door for a couple interesting pass catchers in this Washington attack. Uh, we saw Vernon Davis. He far and away led the snaps over Lion uh, Niles Paul last week. Uh, he got into the end zone. I think he had four for 53 or something like that, or two for 53 on uh, on four targets. Right. He's certainly a streaming tight end because, as Adam Rank refers to it, the Doyle rules against the uh, Detroit Lions. Lions. Yep. Okay. Marcus hit except it. Except for Zach Ertz. Except for Zach Ertz. But every, <laughs> as, Mar- as uh, Marcos hinted. Stop playing Zach Ertz. <laughs> Just get, get him out of my life, too, yes. in fantasy. And then on the flip side, Pierre Garçon, too. I wrote about him oh, yeah? in Deep Dive. He's rather quietly been sort of the leading wide receiver here over okay. the weeks. He's had four-plus catches in five of six games and 50-plus yards in four of six. And he saw a season-high 11 targets last week with Jordan Reed out of the lineup. So I think he's a great play, especially in PPR leagues. We just saw this Detroit secondary get absolutely shredded by Case Keenum. (laughs) Say it again. Keenum. Quarterback two. So I think think both of those guys are going to be in solid spots. And then on the flip side, this could be another high-scoring affair. I love Uh, it. I I, I don't mind Marvin Jones. Deshaun Jackson. Let's go. Uh, Maybe. He's making me mad this year. But uh, And speaking of players that make me mad, Golden Tate, maybe. Oh, man. Shrug emoji. Please. Please. Just let's get some targets to Marvin Jones. But uh, J.J. Zacharyson pointed out that some of Golden Tate's touches kind of came as a product of, like, Theo Riddick being out. Theo Riddick's probably – there, theoretic's probably going to be out again. So, okay, try them out. All right, there you go. Browns at Cincinnati, MG. I feel like this is the revenge game of the week. Is it? Uh, I mean, you've got first off, you've got Hugh Jackson. Okay, going against his Cincinnati. old team. I love it. You've got Hugh Jackson's old running backs going against Hugh Jackson's new running backs. Okay. I mean, this is this is like a new edition versus <laughs> new kids on the block sort of thing, you know? Okay. Uh, so I'm curious to see how this how this plays out. Fonte's um, perfect against people. Against against the world, dude. Get him out of here. Um. I feel like this is actually going to be a really moribund, just uninteresting game to watch. I just oh. have that feeling. Like these two teams know each other, and it's going to be a slog for the majority of the ball game. Isn't it weird how it works like that? It it is really weird how it works like that. Um, with the Brown side, with Terrell Pryor potentially missing this game, he's got a hamstring issue. So keep yeah. an eye on that. That takes away the only real downfield threat they have in this passing game, which means good things potentially for Gary Barnage. Also means something, I think, for Duke Johnson, who could really be a threat out of the backfield catching the football. The Bengals have been known to give up some receiving yards to running backs, so there's really an opportunity for them there. On the flip side, I know that the next time we correctly predict which Bengals running back goes off will be the first. That'll be the first time in 2016 we do it. (sighs) I'm going to stake it on Jeremy Hill. This there you go. I think this is the Jeremy Let's Hill go. week. I think the the Bengals, going back and just kind of watching some of their games earlier this year, they have run very well, especially behind the tackles, and especially behind Andrew Whitworth. So I think if they can kind of run behind him, the Browns have been shaky at trying to set the edge against opposing running games. So there's an opportunity for Jeremy Hill to make some hay there. Hold on. I have a preview of Monday's podcast after Marcus's back Cincinnati backfield prediction. <laughs> Pretty much. 100 Pretty yards much. for Gio Bernard. Pretty much. <laughs> you just locked it in. That's the Rex Burkhead game. <laughs> it's the Rex Burkhead game. Jeez. Oh, no. All right. Uh, Raiders at Jaguars. Matt Harmon. All right. So, I mean, here it's kind of now or never time for the Jacksonville offense. Like, if they can't get right in this game, I, I know, right? I think that it just might be time to push the panic button, just just be all out on, on Blake Bortles this year. Where's Allen Robinson this year? So, I, I wrote – 
Good God. In the next-gen stats matchup column, I, I, the leading story was what's wrong with the Jaguars' offense. Okay. Dig into the numbers a little bit. If you want to know what's wrong with the Jaguars' offense, it, it look no further than their inability to attack defenses vertically. And that starts with the Bortles and Robinson connection. Hmm. If you look at passes that they that in which Bortles has targeted Robinson that are under 20 air yards, Robinson has actually been great. He has 24 catches. Uh, for on 38 targets, 23.6 or 63.2 percent catch rate, 287 yards and three touchdowns. However, they've been strikingly unable to connect on deep passes. Bortles thrown has thrown nine targets of 20 plus air yards to Robinson, and they've completed exactly zero of them. Oh no! And and last year, right? And and last year, this was one of the best downfield uh, passing attacks in the NFL. So it's been just. Almost like they were on the complete – so here's my optimistic take of it. All right. They were on the complete positive side of variance in 2015, okay. and they've been on the exact opposite side of variance this year. Like zero for nine on 20-plus air yards yeah, is just absurd. outrageous for two guys who, you know, are proven downfield playmakers. Uh, Robinson has – just not been able to get going downfield, but we know that's coming. We know he's a good player. Bortles right. averages 14.1 intended air yards when targeting Robinson, and he's completed just 19.6 or has a completed air yards of 9.6. So I think, again, some little positive regression there that gets okay. going. And against this Raiders secondary, which has just been atrocious this year. So bad. I think this is the week when the Jaguars offenses get going, okay. and I will I will double down and say that I think both – Robinson and Bortles will be top five finishers at their respective positions. Yeah, buddy. Wow. This week, I mean, it, nothing is like nothing else is really working right now in the Jacksonville offense. Julius Thomas, for for lack of better words, is kind of loafing it out there. Oh, uh, he's also hurt. You know, he's always he's hurt. hurt his elbow. That doesn't impact. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. So I Fair think enough. that I think that they get going, and then on the other side. You know, the Raiders are interesting because I think Amari Cooper is going to see a lot of Jalen Ramsey, who if we didn't, you know, if the Jags weren't the Jags, we'd be talking about how dominant Jalen Ramsey's been. Right. He's shut down receivers like Randall Cobb. Yep. Steve Smith didn't do much against him, though he did have a good game against the Jags. T.Y. Hilton, he just absolutely raced T.Y. Hilton. Alshon Jeffrey gave him some trouble, so it'll be interesting to see uh, if a bigger but also super fast receiver in Amari Cooper, how he does when he's lined up against Ramsey. All right, Ravens at Jets. WizKid. Wow, I feel like this game has the uh, the sixteen to thirteen you know banner fantasy day of the week Blech. flag on it right now because Geno Smith's going to be starting for the Jets. We know Brandon Marshall could be safe on volume, but the the Ravens front seven has been strong against the run. I wouldn't trust Bilal Powell or Matt Forte. Maybe Powell in a deeper PPR league. Man, Forte has fallen off. But one thing it's I think over. one thing I think we need to watch uh, for this, especially with uh, regards to that Baltimore passing attack, as Harmon kind of hinted at in his deep sleepers article, is the health of Joe Flacco because he's got a shoulder injury right now it's and true. he's missed practice time. Now his best bro Dennis Pitta was like, "Oh, there's no way Joe Flacco doesn't play." I don't think that's how Pitta talks. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, Dennis Pitta. I don't think he talks like that at all. Impersonation, but. Uh, <laughs> If Is if that? Flacco if Flacco can't get over on the secondary with you know with deep passes or you know if it limits the offense that's going to seriously deflate their value. That's true. And it also worries me about Terrence West because mm. I wrote about this in my fantasy audibles column where I look at some start sit questions people are having and it was Terrence West or Spencer Ware. Uh, the Jets defense has been very good against the run and now everybody's going to remember that Island game where David Johnson gashed them for that electric 50-yard touchdown run and hit two other scores, but. If you take that run, his long touchdown run, and I know what happened, 
His other 21 carries went for just 53 yards. That's interesting. Which is 2.52 yards per carry. That's interesting. Even if Muhammad Wilkerson's a little banged up, they've still got Sheldon Richardson, Leonard Williams getting a lot of penetration in the the middle of the field there. So Terrence West and Marshall Yanda's been banged up for the Ravens offensive line. It has me a little worried about Terrence West and just kind of both offenses in general in this game. If you're playing in daily – I think I, I think I'm staying away, but <laughs> Harmon's shaking his we head. We got Matt Harmon shaking his head right here. It's probably some backwards way to try and insert Kenneth Dixon into the conversation. No, it's oh, not. Wow. <laughs> just, bury bury I'm, him. I'm just somewhere. I'm, oh, I'm just man. kidding. I can't wait for dude. Kenneth he averaged. Dixon to get he got like negative one rushing yards against better defenses. What's he gonna do against the Jets? I'm just. I'm just I'm I love just, it. I'm just kidding. No, so I'm I'm just concerned. I think there's a lot of reasons to be concerned about this game. And if you have these players, be sure to watch injury statuses and Twitter and stuff leading up to game time because. That could have a big impact on how this game flows. San Diego versus the ATL. MG, what you got? This is the defense optional game of the week. Okay. <laughs> Start all the players you have from either, you know, if you got a, your, your Chargers, uh, Phil Rivers, Melvin Gordon, Hunter Henry, Tyrell Williams, Start Travis Benjamin. Start those guys on Antonio the other side. Gates? Uh, probably not Antonio Gates, oddly enough. I, Dexter McClendon? You know what? So, uh, funny story. When I was looking, you know, to talk about deep sleepers, you know, not only for this show, but like for the Sunday NFL Fantasy Live, and I'm I'll going through the list. I did kind of take a look at Dexter McCluster. No, to see you if didn't. I looked, and then I Stop realized it. that the guy's, you know, getting like you know three touches a game, and I'm like, okay, okay. that's not yeah. going to be a thing. Yeah, yeah. So, gotcha. um, but you know, same same with Atlanta. You know, whether it's you know Matt Ryan, I do think Mohamed Sanu can have a really big week this week. Obviously, you know, Julio Jones is going to be Julio Jones. Um, if you're really, but what is that? Wait, hold on, hold on. Well, you, I mean, you gloss over the Julio. What what Julio Jones are we going to get? Are I think we going to get, get we're going to get the good Julio. Jones. Are we getting the double digit target guy, think, or are we getting the 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 four or five target guy? That's no, I think I think you get the double digit target guy this week. Okay. Um, they seem to overcorrect in that offense with Julio Jones. Uh, That's true. They they really seem to overcorrect in that offense. I mean, if as long as they can, as long as the Falcons can keep Joey Bosa out of the backfield, because I mean, the guy's been a monster. Oh my God, he's been amazing. <laughs> He's been a monster. So if the Falcons can keep Joey Bosa out of the backfield, that means that should give uh, Matt Ryan time to look and get the ball downfield. Um, If you're looking at running backs for that game, I mean, I think Devontae Freeman's a good start. I do feel like this is probably more of a Tevin Coleman game than a Devontae Freeman game, but I think both those guys can put up good numbers. Uh, Speaking of Bosa, it really makes you wonder what the Chargers' record would be if they would have just paid him instead of worrying about stupid offset money. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously, I mean, they they may have sacrificed a couple of games over, what, uh, you know, several thousands of dollars, you know, a couple couple hundred thousand. Good good job, Chargers management. All right. Well played. Oh, boy. Uh, Bucks at San Francisco. What you got, Matt Harmon? Yeah, so we covered the Jacquez-Rogers angle of this, and and I do think that if you have him, I think you have to play him in this matchup. Absolutely. Agreed. Franchise did a really good job breaking that down uh, in in fantasy whatever it is. Aaron Ground. Aaron Ground. Presented by FedEx. Sorry, FedEx. (laughs) FedEx, if you want to sponsor this podcast too, you're getting more shout-outs than anybody else right now. (laughs) Seriously. We'll we'll, we'll put it up on time, promise. Uh, Anyways, I'm I'm a little shook now. Uh, Mike Evans also is in a great spot in this game. He leads the NFL with 12.4 targets per game. That's a full target more than Antonio Brown and T.Y. Hilton, who are tied for second with 10.7. And, and by the way, Vincent Jackson just went on IR. And he's had his bye already. (laughs) Yeah, and he's had it. Well, yeah, that's why it's per game. But, I mean, like, yeah, it's just just outrageous. Like, Jackson going down could bring at least even, you know, maybe a half a target a game more to Mike Evans. So, I mean. I was real quick. I was looking at that. They have nobody Nothing. else. They have Dante Die, who everybody remembers. Russell Shepard. 
Stop. I was going to mention him. <laughs> but, I mean, Russell Shepard is an LSU wide receiver, and yep. we know what okay, they do. Okay, here we go. And Adam Humphreys, Clemson wide receiver. Oh, so, I mean, boom. Sorry, you got to follow those trends, obviously. obviously. But, I mean, I think that, like, I think Evans is going to crack 200. I mean, he's on pace to do it, but I think he's going to crack 200 targets this year, and I don't even think that's going to be a, okay. a challenge. But, you know, you mentioned Adam Humphreys. I don't really think his role can expand really no, beyond the, a volume slot receiver. Cam Bray? I was going to say, I think that opens things up for Cameron Braid, who Let's go. could be potentially like a near every week start. Yeah. with Braid train, train, baby. Braid train. The, the 49ers have been giving it up to tight ends, so I think if you have Braid or if he's – and he's available in a ton of leagues too. I like I think you can go out and start him this week if you need – help if you're a Jordan Reed owner that's in a bind. There you go. So that's a good spot. And then on the San Francisco 49ers side, if you need a streaming quarterback, play Colin Kaepernick. Let's do it. I'm, play, do, I'm doing it in at least I, one league. I I, think. I'm playing him in our producer's writer's league. Yeah, bud. You know, listen, from a, whatever you think about Colin Kaepernick, just put that aside for a second. Also, grow up. Uh, listen, he, <laughs> from a fantasy perspective, had 18 fantasy points last week. And, I, you know, that's – that's the bottom line. I don't often like to bring up fantasy points because it's, you know, some, even though this is fantasy, like, because there's a lot that goes into it. But in a terrible game script on a cross-country road trip, a game where he completed under 50% of his passes, <laughs> he still hit 18 fantasy points. And that was against a, a, a good Bills defense. The Bucks are not quite as good. Their pass defense checks in among the worst in the league yep. in several efficiency metrics. The unit gives up the eighth highest touchdown rate. The most yards per completion and ranks 23rd in Football Outsiders DVOA. So, I mean, look, they've also played Case Keenum, Paxton Lynch, Derek Anderson in oh their my. last three games. Oh, yeah, oh dude. <laughs> so that's not exactly oh, a murderer's row. Murderer's row there. That's not a murderer's row that's putting up these numbers. I think Kaepernick is a great streamer this week. I think he has a pretty solid floor unless he just – you know, melts down, which is possible, but also I think he could hit t- more than 20 points pretty I easily. I mean, that's, that was so funny. Poor Harmon wrote how Colin Kaepernick was one of the best spot starts of the week on Tuesday, yeah. and his mentions were just on fire. Oh, and I, I mean, I knew that was going to happen. Right. I, knew I, mean, that, I knew that, like, for one, obviously he's a he's a hot-button issue for, for other reasons is just his play, but also, like, but because his play hadn't But, been like, a thousand – and I, I mean, listen, I have charted, like, five 49ers receivers over the last two years – I know how bad Colin Kaepernick played, but but this is why fantasy is stupid. Right. I mean, Blaine Gabbert scored 19 <laughs> fantasy points in a terrible game against Arizona that got him benched. I, you and I talked about this when you came home because I was off on Tuesday, but I'm like, yeah, right. Like he completed less than 50% of his passes and had 187 passing yards, but he scored like 11 more points than Alex Smith, who completed 86% of his passes and had like 50 more passing yards. I am uh, never more convinced. I mean, I've never been more convinced than I am after publishing that article that people just don't understand how fantasy right. points work. Even, like, even if they're a bad player. Doesn't matter for fantasy. <laughs> yes. Thank you, me. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Pat Steelers. Whiskey. Whew, that was a, that was I need a drink. <laughs> that was a fiery segment right there. I know. I love it. Um, so, okay, Pat Steelers. How, how do I get into this now? Uh, so I think you can still start Lev Bell and Antonio Brown, obviously. Adam Rank made the good point in Like Dislike that the last time Landry Jones had a full week of preparation to start a game with Antonio Brown, while Jones didn't play great, Brown still had 124 yards. And he's the number one target. Sammy Coates has bad hands and now cut hands. Marcus Wheaton is just bad. Like Antonio Brown's going to get his due. Left Bell is going to be the the engine for this offense. On the Patriots side, and they're of the playing ball, at home. And they're playing at home. Trends. It means something. But Patriots side of the ball. Okay. I think I'm kind of steering clear of both Patriots running backs in this game. Oh, what? Come on. what? Now hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> now listen. While Legarrette Blount's seen a snapshot down, and while this could be a game where they get up and and feed him the rock, 
yeah, sure, whatever. He hasn't played as great recently. He's been buoyed by two touchdowns. And now James White, the the Pittsburgh, they give up the third most receptions and receiving yards to running backs. However, okay. like James White gets a lot of that work when the Patriots are, you know, racking up points or in competitive games. This could be a game where they get up by 21 points early. And if James White does not get his catches early, they're not going to keep feeding him targets and stuff. It just concerns me that this split between this backfield, the way this game is shaping up on the road, is going to be even, but in the worst way possible for fantasy. Listen, but if you're projecting that they're not going, to, that they're going to get ahead and then not be feeding James White, then it's a blunt game, and all the way. Not to mention James, as James said, super revenge game. Revenge. Hello, like, <laughs> the Steelers. The Steelers cut Blunt, and then not only cut like because obviously they weren't going to blame Le'Veon Bell for the weed incident, but they cut Blunt and then like basically dragged him through the mud in the media. I bet Bill gets. Uh, Blunt at least a touchdown. In this I, game. I I don't care about that. The Steelers were <laughs> also a very good run defense. The Jay Ajayi game aside, like they just got punched in the face last week. I think this could be a bounce back game. It's it, it's classic Steelers like playing down and playing up to their opponent. It's true. I'm just I'm I'm scared of both Patriots running backs this week. My Wrong. one my one counterpoint to that is that the weeks one through four, the Pats threw the ball 48 percent of the time since Brady has come back. That number has jumped to 58 percent of the time. Makes sense. So. Right, so th- I just think I think everything like I, I wouldn't be surprised if either of them gets into the end zone, and then you can tweet at me. Great, I was wrong. Whatever. <laughs> oh, like, I will. I will at you. Please, please do <laughs> at me. At you. I just think there's enough red flags for this game script with both of these backs that if I have other options, I'll probably start them. The funny part about that is. Yes. Not only do these guys sit like directly across from each other at the office, yes. they also live together. I'm sure you will actually at him. You won't just I say just, it to him. You will actually at him on true. Twitter. Oh, he's just waiting. Sure, he's already- <laughs> I'm going to schedule the tweet because it's going to happen. That's how confident I am. <laughs> Seattle at Arizona, a tremendous NFC West matchup here. Uh, MG, what do you see in fantasy-wise? Uh, well, first off, just aside from it being, at least on paper, the most intriguing game of the weekend. Oh, it's going to be black and blue brutal. Man. It is. This is a game where I think you just have to kind of have faith in some of your guys and believe that they can succeed against the circumstances. Because on paper, this isn't a great game for any of the skill position guys on either side of the football. But, you know, for instance, David Johnson, no matter what. And I think, you know, I think you look at it and you say, okay, what he does and the way the Cardinals get him the football means he can still potentially have a good game. But other than that, I'm terrified about what it means for Carson Palmer, uh, for what it means about any of the receivers not named Larry Fitzgerald. I think they can find a way to still get Fitz the ball. John Brown is dealing with some injury issues, so yep. he may not be available. Michael Floyd, I know he had the touchdown, but I still no. haven't seen enough from him to warrant giving him a shot in a game like this. I want no piece of that. Uh, on the other side, you know, keep an eye on Jimmy Graham, which is kind of sad because it feels like the Seahawks have figured out how to use him now, but now he's dealing with uh, some injury issues and may not uh, be available. Plus, obviously, the matchup is bad. Uh, Doug Baldwin, Tyler Lockett, Jermaine Curse are all scary. Even Russell Wilson makes me a little bit nervous. Oh yeah, yeah, one. absolutely, hundred percent. But I guess you one can start of those defenses. receivers has got to go off, man. Uh, they don't have to. I think I it's know. Baldwin. I think it's Baldwin too, but I don't know. They all make me nervous. I know, absolutely. All right, Texans at Denver Monday night. Matt Harmon, what you got? I mean, there's so much revenge going on in this game, by the way. Oh yeah, we've got the Brock Osweiler. We've got the, got the Brock Osweiler revenge right. narrative, but also oh, wait, the Gary Kubiak revenge. Gary, Gary Kubiak is getting going to get revenge on the team oh, that word? fired him for not being able to win with Case Keenum at Schaub. Like yeah. so, yeah, pretty Here much revenge go. there. Also, the whole Broncos organization also kind of getting revenge on Osweiler. But anyways, <laughs> back to the real analysis. Okay. <laughs> I mean, no, that's it. Let's that's wrap it up. All right, that's <laughs> it. Just <laughs> 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 happy get out. Yeah, no. So I mean. The, 
This game probably is one of the lowest scoring games of the week, though. I mean, both quarterbacks are not playing well. They're coming off two pretty poor games. We'll be, we'll be. I mean, I'm, I don't know how Brock Osweiler is going to play against this Denver defense. I'm sure he wants to 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 make it work. Uh, he did close the game on a high note on Sunday night, but at right. the same time, I mean, he's Brock Osweiler and he's not played well this year. Uh, I don't really want to start DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, if you have to, you have to, and you can just hope for a touchdown and maybe for a, a pretty solid floor. Will Fuller's going to be back. I don't want to play him. Lamar Miller, I think you have to play him. I think he is coming off a good game. Maybe there's some momentum there, but it's, it's, it's Denver though. It's yeah. Denver though, and but they have given up some some ground to running backs. I mean, I think if if Houston is creative with Miller, they can get him matches matchups in the slot. Uh, Denver is one of the worst teams at defending tight ends and running backs in the slot. I do think CJ Fedorowicz, if you're desperate for a tight end streamer, is coming into this game playing well, leading the team in receiving yards the last three weeks, and also, again, can can win against those Denver defenders in the middle of the field. By the uh, way, next week, C.J. Fedorowicz plays the Lions. Whoa! So get him now. <laughs> if you're desperate, get him now, start him, and then he's going to be one of the all the tight ends to score touchdowns against the Lions, except, <laughs> except, uh, except Doyle, the Doyle rules. <laughs> the Doyle. But, uh, and on the Denver side, I mean – I don't really know. Simeon not playing well, not getting the ball down the field. I think you can start Emmanuel Sanders as a 100%. good, solid floor play, but at the same time, this Texans pass defense is no joke either. So, I again, I think this is like a 13-10 to 10 game at best, and it's going to be rough. Oh, I see. You're trumping my 16-13 uh, to 13 prediction for Baltimore, when did you, New York. Oh, I didn't hear you. Oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Don't be surprised if C.J. Anderson gets some work here. I think the Texans are going to get housed. I really, really? Do. Yeah, I wow. do. I think the Texans are going to get housed. I think Denver's going to get after defensively. Um, I think Brock Osweiler's just going to – I wouldn't even be surprised if they get a pick six. Uh, for Denver, I, I think there's going to be plenty of sacks. There's going to be uh, turnovers galore. I think C.J. Anderson is going to close the show uh, this week as well. So. Man, I know a lot of people are complaining because we've had some bad primetime games, but I'm fascinated to watch this 100%. Game. Yeah. I like good defensive football, too, and while both quarterbacks aren't great, like the storylines and the defenses, like good. I'm Come all about on. that right now. Absolutely. Both these two primes, Sunday night and Monday night, should be really good games, which means they're going to be blowouts. Oh, they're going to be awful. Cool. Great. great. Love it. Daily taps to get out. All right, daily dap time. I think I'll lead it off this time. How about yeah, that? Yeah, there you All go. Right. I just got caught up. Uh, or I, I saw the first two episodes of Westworld. Really well done. I'm actually shocked that HBO would pour that much money into that program because it is really well done, and you can tell it's an expensive it's expensive show. show. Uh, I just saw the Logan trailer yesterday. There's a Red Band trailer, but it's pretty it's much basically the same, same thing. thing. But go check it out. Holy hell, that trailer for Logan looks so good. It's so good because you know it's going to be good as soon as – that's what even Harmon said too. As soon as Hurt by Johnny Cash starts playing, you're like, this is yeah, going to be a great it. trailer. I don't go. know if the trailer is good or if I'm just like, oh, my God, every time I hear Hurt uh, – <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. That's one of the best songs ever. I was saying yesterday. I was saying yesterday. I'm so happy they didn't go with the old classic, you know, movie horn. You know, and the Inception horn. I know. <laughs> yeah, the Han Zimmer started that, uh, and it's it's everywhere. Now. It's oh god, it's so annoying. Uh, also, if you haven't checked it out, uh, the there's a couple Pixar animators that made a uh, animated short called Borrowed Time. And uh, it's on. It's online now. Go check it out. Borrowed time. It's about an old sheriff. But 
I, I don't want to give it away. It's only five minutes long. Take the time. It, it gives you all the feels. It's intense. It's really, really good. Wait, but a again, Pixar thing that gives you all the feels? I know, right? That never happens. I know. Uh, no, they did a really, really good job with it. Please go check it out. It's five minutes. I give it my full endorsement. Borrowed time. Just go Google that online. There you go. Matt Harmon, what you got? So I have not bought a video game in almost three years now. Okay. Um, cold Turkey. Uh, not because I think I'm better than you because you play video games, but just because uh, it just just doesn't really appeal to me anymore and I don't really have the time. Unless it's Mario Kart, I really don't play video there games you go. anymore. Uh, that's always an exception. However, However, on Sunday, Rockstar Games, all they did was just put out that red background with their little logo on there, yep. and that signaled Red Dead Redemption 2 coming out in fall 2017, and I promise you that will break my no video games <laughs> buying streak because <laughs> that game... Was awesome. Was it? That Red Dead Redemption, I never is, played I it. think it's my favorite game I've ever played. Wow. For one, because it's basically Grand Theft Auto, which is awesome. Okay. But you're a, you're a cowboy. Yeah. And it's great. I mean, you could just do some outrageous stuff. And, like, I wasted hours and hours and hours and hours of my life in college playing that game. Oh, no. And I will waste hours and hours and hours of my life playing that game in fall, fall 2017. So I'll probably quit this job <laughs> if I don't lose it before then. <laughs> and uh, I'll just do that. So... Charlie will hate me. You guys will hate me. Everybody will hate me. But that it, game is gonna be lit. Instead of watching game film on his days off, I'm like, Harm, what you do today, man? I stole some goats in Red Dead Redemption. <laughs> Sa- okay. Saved oh. some, saved some whores. It was great. I oh, wish you man. didn't tell me about this because now I want to go check out Red Dead Redemption. Do you have an Xbox? I'll loan you my copy. We actually have two I copies. Do. I bought it. And I still haven't played it yet. How have you not played it? You play some like goober video game on the computer. How have you not played like an actually good game? <laughs> Wait a second. What game are you playing? Wow. On? I've talked about it repeatedly. I play. I play Dota with college friends. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. See, Dodo, it even sounds dumb. It's Dota. Dota. Whatever. But it's also... <laughs> it's all, It's also like the top esports right, exactly. game right now where people make millions of dollars playing this game. I don't care. I'm, oh, okay. That doesn't fit my narrative. Okay. <laughs> You're right. It's a goober game. It's a goober game. Alex Kellar, give me a daily dab. Uh, so, wow, a lot of video games talking daily dab today, yeah. but I got to give a hats off to the Nintendo marketing team because they've had two exceptional commercials come out this week on social media. The first one was for their new product, Nintendo Switch, which is their next uh, system, their console. And this looks pretty cool. At first, I wanted to be like old man yelling at the cloud, like, yeah. why are you moving your game system around? And blah, blah, blah. But then I was like, that's actually pretty cool. Like I was thinking, like when I was a kid, you know, I used to play my video games, and we'd have to go on road trips to see grandma or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. oh, I gotta read a, a book, which I like to read books, or like play the Game Boy and stuff like that. But this is the game where you can be like, you know, deep into a console game, and then like, yeah. oh, we gotta go on the road, mom, dad, so Or you know, you can take it over to a friend's house. Like that was one of the things which was kind of funny because like these people were having a rooftop party, and this chick like waves over, and they're like, come on over, and she brings her Nintendo. I'm like, the hell's the matter with you? But then <laughs> it's got instant multiplayer. So she brought it over, and they're like, they're playing, they're playing Mario Kart, like taking turns. I'm like, all right, well that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's like true. to have that asset. So that was a pretty cool commercial. But then the one that really got me came out today, I think that they have a, tr- a commercial for their new Pokemon games that starts out with a little kid playing Pokemon Red and his Game Boy. Like, g- he's got his sheets over his head at night with a flashlight playing at night when his- so his parents can't see him and all this stuff. And then it, like, it dissolves to the kid as an adult. And he's, like, working, pulling out his credit card, walking, going through life, reading in bed. And then he walks past the, the store, and there's the new Pokemon games. And the tagline is, You've evolved. So have we. <laughs> and I was like, oh, pretty, my God. Pretty great. All the feels. That's good. That was, that was me as a kid, too. So those, That so is good. Hats off to the marketing team for, for yeah. just doing a great job with their products. Whether or not the games or the console will be good remains to be seen. But, right. hell, those were some good commercials. And then, two, 
uh, we saw The Accountant on Tuesday, that new Ben Affleck it's movie. It's been getting good reviews. Oh. Decent reviews. It was like 50%-ish on well, Rotten Tomatoes. It's but a Ben Affleck film, so I mean, that's pretty it's, good it's a. It wasn't a perfect movie. Okay. It was kind of all over the place tonally at the end, but there was good action, some good little twists, some some fun characters. Like It's a, it's a good popcorn flick to go into. I thinking about taking the wife there. I, for I fell asleep in it. Well, oh. you fell asleep because you ate too much, oh and God. I don't think they had the AC on in the theater, so it oh, was like... Brutal. It was so warm. Yeah, I'm so, oh, I, I, I wanted to stay awake, too. I was Normally, I'll just fall asleep in movies and not care, but I was like, <laughs> I was like man, I really... I was enjoying it, but I was like, I can't fight this. <laughs> but yeah, it's, a, it's, it's kind of a fun story. It's just one of those movies that's a little different, too, and... Uh, and I enjoyed it, so go go check it out. I, I first of all, how do you fall asleep regularly in the theater? That makes I don't know if I do it so much in the theater, but at okay. home, oh, pff, forget oh, you're about gone. it. Oh, okay, okay. I, the the only the first and only time I've ever fallen asleep in a movie theater, I think it was I was watching one of those uh, horrible Transformer movies. Oh, those are bad. And I went to go watch one, and I had way too much tequila before I went in. Well, that's that'll do it. Well, yeah. And, see, uh, normally, like, and then I was gone. We'll go to the theater by our apartment, and it's right by the Gulp. So trends disaster uh, there you go <laughs> cor- cor- there's a correlation there <laughs> mg my guy marcus grant what's uh, up a uh, couple of movie trailers uh the most recent rogue one trailer oh because it looks good look at this point there are only two movies i'm really waiting for this year doctor strange and rogue one okay that's it that's all i'm really waiting for for the rest yeah, of the yeah, year yeah. uh the other one the sneak peek trailer for guardians of the galaxy 2 which uh just oh, dropped uh, a couple days ago okay. which looks really really exciting and uh, then finally i went to the comic book shop yesterday on my day off and spent money I shouldn't have to buy a whole bunch of comic books, <laughs> even though I know I'm backed up on some, but, you know, I just couldn't resist. Well, where's the fun in that? Where is the fun in that? Yeah. Especially because uh, the third volume of Low just came out uh, by, you know, my favorite Rick Remender, and uh, it just the continuing saga of basically humanity has been driven underneath the ocean to try and survive, and they are hoping to find some sort of... Uh, less toxic air on the surface and see if they can regenerate humanity above the ocean's depths. Uh, it's been really interesting, though. Man, we are just we, I was going to say, we're so cool. <laughs> we are just straight nerding. I love it. It's great. All right, so that's the show for today. For the Whiskey from Wisconsin, MG, my guy, Marcus Grant, and Matt Harmon. Oh, and the franchise's fiery phone and the fieriest one of all. James Go. See ya. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, Yeah. 
and some waves so we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.